Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And your host, Hamish. Ham's having internet troubles. 40's a bit under the pump with TCT stuff, so it'll just be the fearsome duo. Um, Bertie, let's jump straight into first grade, which saw the Broncos prevail 26-16 last Friday night up at Darwin. A sellout there of almost 12,000. Try scorers for the Eels, Gutho, Sivo, Sean Russell, Moses, two from three off the boat. Uh, both teams having a sin bin. Then possession completions, we had 48% possession, but only completing at 68%, 26 off 38 sets, just not good enough there. Um, Then looking at all the other stats, um, you know, we weren't too different. I guess Broncos, an extra seven metres a set, average, play the ball speed slower. Um, And we forced two dropouts, eight to three grubbers, but tackle effective percentage rate below 85% for us. 87 for the Broncos. We had 46 missed tackles to the Broncos, 22, uh, 21. 20, 12 ineffective tackles to the Broncos, 21. 12 errors, four penalties conceded. Um, sin beneath, and we used up all our interchange. So I guess uh, the game of two halves, as it were, Birdie. Yeah, look, um, it's the ultimate game of two halves. Like I think the Broncos only scored four points in the second half, and they were both penalty goals. Um, look... With every loss we've had this year, it's the same. It's the same shit. Or sorry, same stuff over and over. It's soft contact and defense. I'm talking uh, players getting like pretty much bumped off with the first. When the, when you're the first person to make contact, your job is you got to you pretty much got to make an impact. You can't just be getting like palmed off or run over, right? And like you look at Josh Hodgson, um, and and we're going to talk about him like whether or not he should be in this team or not. I feel, he, there was one run where he literally got bumped off and then he came back for seconds and got palmed off. So he literally, you know, got pumped. You know, the guy broke the tackle twice on him in the same, you know, phase. And I just feel as though um, when that, that puts us under pressure, when, when defensively we're not driving or our contact's not strong enough that they start getting a roll on, they start making 50, 60 metres a set. Then when we get the ball, we're under the pump because we're starting our set on our 10 metre line or within our 10 metres. And then we sort of push push the offload, and like you look at Bryce Cartwright gives, gives away the first error, and then we're under the pump, and it, and it just like a snowball effect because we're a team, and then like, like the Broncos, they just kept getting repeat set after repeat set, and you know we didn't touch the ball for the first 20, 30 minutes, you know, and it was exactly like uh, last season when we were at Combank, uh, the Broncos had a, a, had touched the ball for fifteen minutes, and we didn't touch it at all. So look, it stems from our defense. If it, we're just so soft in defense, and we come out passive aggressive, and it's just. We don't give our chance. We don't give ourselves a good chance with our errors. You know, we had twelve errors again this this half or this game, and it's just look at the Broncos. They only had five errors for the whole game, and it's very unbronco like for them. I know this year they're flying. You know, they're coming first, but usually you put them on the bit under pressure and they fold. And you know, we folded, and it's just it's just frustrating. Like I don't know. I, I can't complain about the conditions because even the Broncos were out there playing in the same conditions. And and as soon as the rain started, as soon as the rain hit, I knew we were gone because they had a big enough lead. And in wet weather football, if you're in front by ten, if you got a ten point lead, you're pretty much home. Like it's very hard to claw that back. So, you know, the Broncos had a lot of bounce of the ball to go their way. Look at all their tries. All their tries were pretty much fluke tries. You know, you look at Sean Russell drops it. Um, and then they pick it up and score. You look at um, Ezra Mann to try to set up for Adam Reynolds. He runs on, on fifth. Like, they run out fifth, and he flicks it to Reynolds. Um, the other try where it doesn't bounce dead in the in goal, it bounces up, and then they bat it sideways, and it 
doesn't go dead even then. And they put it down and it's just like, it just seemed like nothing went our way this game. And I just, yeah, and it was very frustrating. On that, although you could say there was certain, certainly some luck in the, the bounce of the ball. Um, you know, I think you touched on it earlier, Bertie, they just blew us off the park up through the middle of the field, which is where we have been leaking metres, leaking points straight up the middle. And, um, you know, Josh Hodgson, you spoke about it earlier, but he's really becoming a liability. And I think it was pretty telling that he only got 30 minutes in this game, didn't come back on. Um, and you've had hands the week before show that he can play for 80 minutes, although you're not going to get 80 minutes of quality hooker um, work from him um, because, you know, he just hasn't played the position long enough. But, um, you know, you're not losing the middle of the field when you've got hands on the fi- on the field. Um, and now we've got to do without Regan Campbell-Gillard for the next, what, 8 to 12 weeks. Uh, it's not looking good. The only good things that we seem to do is Mitch Moses' running game, kicking game keeps keeps us in the in the game. Will Penasini and Clint Gutherson from the from the back line are playing rather well. Um, but just about everybody else you can you can write off just not making those meters from your back three, which you should be. Make Acevo's hit ups, Sean Russell's hit ups, everybody outside of Will Penasini just you know the hit up game just hasn't been great. Look, I don't, look, I don't, I don't want to be. I'm not those type of fans that go down the training and like watches them train. But I legitimately sit back and think to myself, what do our outside backs do at training? Because they don't rock it out like you just said. They don't, so obviously they don't work on that during the week. Under the high ball, I've never seen a bunch of like shaky characters under the ball. Like uh, Gufferson's our best and he's our fullback and he's safe, safe as a bank. Sivo is okay, but he I think he has faith in his body that if any contact comes from him in the air, he's not going to get shoved off. And then people are going to say, oh, it's just one game. Go look at the Bulldogs game the week before. How many times they got the ball from a, from a dropout or a kick, short, short kick. When it comes to kicking, like I feel as though when it comes to defending, they're very hesitant. But if we're down on the other end scoring for a try, they'll be so um, switched on, they can catch the ball. I just feel as though, you know, Sean Russell, uh, Bailey Simonson, I just feel as though they're so... And, I, and even Wonga Blake... And he's done so. Like I just don't know what they do at training, and it's our weakness when they, when teams kick to them, like or put a bomb up. It's literally I feel as though it's a seventy five percent chance uh, we're going to knock it on, or it's going to come off us, and they're going to score from it. So I'm just I'm very nervous, and um, yeah, it's just very frustrating. It's like it's just a basic thing for a winger. Just catch a bomb, catch a ball. Sorry, like that's like the job title. Can you catch a bomb? Yeah, tick. And it has to be said, you know, playing three games within 12 days, uh, the scheduling from the NRL to start this season has been appalling for the Eels. Um, but, you know, we've got a chance to, to turn this around in the next couple of weeks, get back to 500, and then um, hopefully go on a run into and out of origin. So all's not lost. Um, you know, there's no point packing in the season just this year, but it's obviously a different team from last year. We're definitely a couple of rungs below where we finished off last year. Um, but... You know, there's still some players that can really improve their game. Sean Lane probably hasn't had a lot of game time under his belt with his injury. Um, you know, Junior Paulo has had a couple of games out. Um, the inconsistency in the back line, having to bring in Sean Russell, Bailey Simonson in and out of the team. He'll be out again this week with a head knock. And then the shuffling around of the forward pack as well. We remember Greg's going to have a chance to prove his worth coming up. Um, but having said that, we need to get some consistency and we certainly need to get um, the backs rucking the ball out better. And 
especially in the middle of the the field, the defensive structures set up properly because um, constantly we just seem to be uh, getting gashed up the middle, especially that marker defence. Marker's not knowing which way to peel, and it's been a point of attack for opposition just running directly straight back in behind um, where where the markers should be. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not writing off the season yet. Like, I'm not at that stage. Look, it's very hard. It's very hard to to, to demand consistency from this team when. As you said, we've got so many players in and out. Like, I think uh, we've only got what six or six or seven players that played every single game. You know, and it's only like round, you know, whatever, round seven, whatever. It's just look, we have so many our outside backers, like a, like a convection line. So in and out, you know, our forwards, like you know, we had Hopgood starting. You know, Madison. It just seems like until we get our full our full strength team, or even close to our full strength team on the park and consistently starting and getting minutes into them. Just expect un- expect um, inconsistent players. You know, defense re- lines re- like you know um, reads incorrect. I just, I just wish we could have we could. S- this is a season. You know, this preseason, everyone said our window was shut, and I, w- I just wish this season could have started off well and you know, have a fast start. You know, and like okay, I'm not expecting to win every single game, but I know straight away now within the first five to ten minutes, right, or even the first couple sets. How we defend, right? If they're switched on or not, and if they're soft in defense, where they're not even driving players back, or they're getting, you know, the the play, the, the teams are making 50, 60 meters. I know we're going to lose, and it's very hard to claw that momentum back and then fight and get the win. So we're we're a front running team. There's nothing wrong with a front running team, but we got to start. You got to start good. You got to match them set for set. You can't be like giving away cheap possession and cheap ball. It's just it's very frustrating. No, you're exactly right. And you look at that completion percentage, under 70%. You just can't win any football games, and especially against the top of the top of the ladder there at the Broncos. Um, so plenty of things to work on, but still early days in the season. Only eight matches in. What do we play? We play 24, 8, 16, 24, one-third of the way through the season, two-thirds to fix it up. Um, all right, well, let's jump to the next game, which uh, doesn't get much better. Warriors 48 to the Eels 4 over in Auckland in reserve grade. Um, eight tries to one. Zaxini, the only one going over. And eight conversions by Volkman um, for the Warriors. Eight from eight. And they did have a sin bin as well, but we didn't take advantage of that at all. Um, so a couple of reports were, um, the less we talk about this game, the better. Um, just smash from pillar to post. Look, you know, and... It's one of those. Um, usually, like you look at other teams when a team when a team's not doing well, like the reserve grade sort of does well. It's just we've got nothing doing well. Like there's no pressure coming up. Like if someone's playing bad in first grade, you know, there's no one in reserve grade saying pick me, pick me. You know, I, I deserve this spot. So, and I said a, a few weeks ago, or even a month ago, or whatever. After I mean, it might have been after the manly lost, we have 13 people we can trust in our squad. Now that's not the rest of the squad. I don't trust anyone, and it's, that's a very like um, damning, uh, you know, statement. And you just look at our reserve grade. You know, like we won last week ten six against West when we should have won, and then this week, you know, we can you know trounce by the Warriors. So yeah, the less we say about this, the better. And then there was a buy in the flag, but then going to uh, SG Ball, which saw the Eels prevail 14-6 to against the Raiders. Try scorers Matt Arthur, Vivella and Tweedle all going over in the first half and then hanging on for dear life till the end. 
um, which will see the Eels book a place in the SG Ball Grand Final. Um, so the word coming out of that is the usual players uh, were fantastic, um, especially in the halves. Uh, Richard Penasini was good to have him back at centre, and Blaze Talungi, good things being said about him as well. So... Um, Matthew Arthur as well. There's been a nice uh, write-up about Matt Arthur uh, coming through, and it's obviously his hooker play that um, has really inspired the SG Ball to come to the grand final, which they'll be taking on against Newcastle. Yeah, Anything I, else I, to add there, buddy? Uh, you know, it's just, I think uh, it's a common thing as a Parramatta fan, you know, how Matt's an SG Ball, you know, you expect them to be top two or win the comp. You know, we've got a strong junior base. And um, yeah, anything less than that, or even top four, you kind of think to yourself, "Geez, it's not good look." But um, I don't know, what can we say? You know, these are eighteen-year-old kids. You know, you know, 15, sixteen and eighteen-year-old kids. You know, we're not expecting them to play first grade until what twenty, what twenty twenty-eight, maybe. So yeah, it's one. It's one for the, like the likes of Ham and Forty who are invested in the junior system. And then talking about other juniors, Harold Matt's unfortunately going down 18-16. to 16. With 10 minutes to go, the Eels were down 18-6 to 6, and some late tries almost brought it up to level. Uh, try scorers Uta, Vela, Ferugia and Ferugia too from three off of the boot, um, but just not enough to get over a very good Newcastle team. And that'll be the Knights playing in the finals in both the SG Ball and the Mats this weekend. Uh, so nothing to add there, Birdie. Let's jump on to some news. So injury update for RCG. So it's not a hip fracture, but it is going to be um, a groin injury, which will see him out eight to ten weeks. Um, so what's that? I guess it's back around round 17 or so. Um, and it should be said, we have two buys in the middle of that as well. So um, that's one fortunate thing. But uh, unfortunately, uh, probably one of our best players this season will be out for an extended period. Yeah, you know, I said um, in the review, like, sort of sorry, review episode of the pod, um, we just can't get our, you know, our team, a strong, you know, a fully healthy squad back. You know, we had Junior miss a, a game, you know, and Reg, you know, he, Reg has been our, you know, our best prop, and it's not disrespect to Junior, but he's been so consistent. But yeah, it's just, you know, one one problem after the other. So, um, you know, I, I have faith in um, uh, Widemu giving me, yeah, giving us a great 20 minutes, but. You know, once again, we're going to expect a lot from Maddo and um, even Hopgood. And just on that, we didn't really touch on the hip drop controversy um, in the Eels game, but um, I don't know about you. I don't know what a hip drop is. Look, I don't know. And they didn't come in and like tell us at the beginning of the season what's a hip drop, right? So when I think of hip drop, I think of um, Hayes Dunster's injury. I think of Jackson Hastings' injury where the player... It, the, the guy slides, pretty much the guy is coming, leaves the ground, has both his feet off the ground, pretty much transfers all his weight so the ball carrier has to support that weight and lands on the back of the leg, right, where it's pretty much where the injuries are. Now, Hopgood, he lands on the front, and I understand... He, now, he does leave the ground with his both his legs, so you can get us on the technicality on that, but like the other two are worse. You know, I think Ezra Mann was even worse, and... Um, yeah, Payne Haas was just, it was just unfortunate, but you know, you look at um, you look at uh, what was it Fanukin last year when he had the head clash of Crichton, he got suspended for an accidental head you know head clash, but it's still reckless. So, look, I think it's a reckless tackle. Some of them are reckless tackles. Some of them are sort of like you know dodgy, but I just yeah, we can't have this, and I think it's an over overreaction um to them. But the one thing I find odd is. Why were um, the other two were penalised, or why, why were the other two sorry sent to the and Payne Haas wasn't even penalised? Now you and all of them 
the video bunker or the video referee could have you know could have saw and and added an input to it. But I just feel as though could you imagine if Payne Haas went then it would have been literally two tackles in a set within this, you know ten tackles uh, where two, two players have been sent to the sin bin. So I feel as though they sort of like got a bit of gun shy with that. But um, if Man wasn't in the bin, Haas would have been in the bin for sure. So yeah, it's just um. It raises more questions than answers, and it's just it's it's you know the NRL is just so reactive instead of proactive, you know. So yeah, no, that's definitely right. It's just um, nobody knows what a hip drop is. Um, the NRL don't define it, and for very good reason they don't define it, so they can just uh, say what is and what isn't as suits uh, whatever they want to do. So um, you know, it'd be nice to sort of uh, get some sort of set hard and fast rules that tell us exactly what it is, what constitutes hip drop, so that everybody isn't scratching their head when you know five sets ago something that might have been a hip drop is then um, brought up by the bunker and somebody goes into the bin. You know, five minutes after the play has happened, um, whereas you have about a thousand replays for the junior. Uh, sorry for the for the red um, tackle and uh, you know nothing um, the inconsistency is just consistent from the NRL all right let's go to the previews which we'll see in the SG ball Knights taking on the eels 2:30 p.m out at Leichhardt Oval this one is also on New South Wales rugby league TV check out your Facebook for New South Wales rugby league and you'll be able to stream it straight from there um, looking at the team it's unchanged from last week. Um, there was some talk about uh, maybe uh, Bybella coming out, but um, I guess they've uh, decided to stay with uh, the winning team. Um, so we are hoping for an Eels victory here. The Knights last week over the SG ball got a win 10-8 to 8 over the Panthers uh, in the SG ball. Um, obviously, they've both got very good teams in the mats and the ball. So um, I don't have too much... Uh, Input from 40 and Ham. They've both been a bit out of uh, action this week. But uh, one name that does stick out there is Miles Martin, their captain, who's had some big raps on him. Um, outside of that, I'm not too familiar with the Knights team. Yeah, I don't, I don't, not too familiar. Junior football is not my, um, you know, I know, I knew I will Pedersini a couple of years ago, but that's, that's all I really know at the moment. But, um, yeah, it's a, uh, probably not the, not the best idea that, um, I'm here talking right now about this. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump straight into the flag, which we'll see 3 p.m. out at Kellyville Park. Eels taking on the Newcastle Knights. Uh, so looking at this, it's fairly unchanged lineup from last week, although Sam Loizu is our Larry Mugatudia. Um, no, he's still in. Um, Komalafi returns, though. I think he had a week off through suspension. And Terrell Williams comes back in as well, but uh, largely unchanged. So we'd hope to keep going on here. Let's just have a look at the ladder and see where we are going in the flag. After round eight. So Eels in six, taking on the Knights in 10th. Um, they've only had two wins, the Eels four wins. So um, you'd expect the Eels to go well here, especially off the back of a bye. And then in the knock-on effect, New South Wales Cup, we'll also see the Eels taking on the Knights, also at Kellyville Park. That's at 1pm though, so before the flag. Um, Rankin is in, Apelu in, and Tom Penu also in. 
Um, so looking at this lineup, it's pretty much unchanged from last week. Uh, Jiro Momosia returns to the bench. Uh, Jaden Yates is also hooking off the bench as well. Uh, many Luke is playing at hooker. I don't have too much word on him, so we might have to wait for Forty and Ham next week to give us a bit of intel. Um, but having a look at that Newcastle team, there's a fair few players that have played first grade, but... Um, you know, you'd you'd hope, given where the Knights are on the ladder, 13th to the Eels, 9th, that we should be getting them over the top of them in this grade as well. Any thoughts, buddy? Newcastle are last here with one win to their name. Yeah, look, um, look, looking at this team, it's just, it's sort of like, uh, oh, you know, sorry, okay. One name I, I can think of, uh, well, there's a couple names, you know, Kamalafi, uh, Magat. Larry, so I'm just gonna call him Larry, right? I just know Larry because he played um played for the New South Wales. It was a set of Origin last year game. He was our lone representative. So you know, look from what I gather, you know, I'm not an expert again, but I feel as though this is just like a this teams the team list that we'll have is like a holding pattern until the SG ball season's wrapped up, and then some of those players will be moving into it. So yeah, you know, like as you said, uh, surprisingly Komalafi's back to um, Jersey flag. You'd think he'd be um. You know, pushing well after the flogging for uh, New South Wales Cup, he'd be playing there. You know, I know he filled in there last last year. Actually, scored about six, seven tries. So, yeah, it's a bit. Um, I'm just waiting for the you know the double double to make his debut. You know, or play R- Reggie's. You know, Jonte Junior Befamessa. I think that's how you say his name. I've, you know, there's a lot of high raps on him, especially from Ham. You know, even uh, Jock Brazzle. Um, I think Ham named his dog after him. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah, just. Uh, there's a few names you can look out for, but um, yeah, don't know much about the halves. Ned Hicks and Mark Pafusi. Pafisi. Pafisi's been a mainstay there for for the majority of the year. So, um, but Betty, we were talking about knock on effect New South Wales Cup there, mate. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I've got um, the wrong. Jake, I, I had the wrong team this stuff. <laughs> Jake Arthur, Jordan Rankin, so have been there most of the year. But Pafisi, of course, has been playing in flag for a lot of the year. Um, all right, well, let's wrap that one up. And Bertie, you're going to be getting out to Paris Stadium 6 p.m. on uh, Friday night, the uh, pub slot, as it were. Yeah, well, I've got, a, uh, I've got the NFL draft on that day, so depending on how my Cowboys draft, uh, maybe I might be in the mood to get out there. But if not, if, if, if they do a bad trade, I might have to, yeah, stay at home and just cry over that again. But other than that, yeah, I, sh- I should... Look, it's a good time slot. Um, you know, I'm not working that day, but... um. Yeah, it's, it should be good. it should be a good um, time slot for people that don't work or get off work early. So yeah. Yeah, I was hoping to work out of the Parramatta office, but unfortunately, got to go into the city for um, uh, an event that's already in there. So uh, I hope I can get the train out in time. Just depends on how everything goes. Um, all right, so 6 p.m. and let's see the team list here. So we have for Newcastle, Lachlan Miller at fullback, Dom Young and Greg Amazu on the wings, Dane Gagai, Brad Best in the centres, in the halves, Callum Ponga and Jackson Hastings. So Ponga named to start this week after coming off the bench last week after he's uh, returned from uh, head knocks. Dan Saifidi, Leo Thompson starting props, Phoenix Crosland at hooker, Dyson Frizzell, Lachlan Fitzgibbon in the second row with Kurt Mann at lock and then the Interchange benches: Tyson Gamble, Jacob Safidi, Matt Croker, and Jack Hetherington. The extended bench: Sasagi, Heimel Hunt, Jack Johns, Dylan Lucas, and Adam Clune. Then for the Eels, a fullback: Gutho. On the wings, Sivo and Dunster returns to first grade with Simonson out um, from that head knock. 
uh, Category 1, so he sits out the 11 days. Will Panasini at centre with Sean Russell. Uh, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses in the halves. We remove Greg, Junior Paulo. Other starting props, Wiramu uh, returning to starting prop now that RCG is our Josh Hodson, also named to start at hooker. Sean Lane, Ryan Madison starts in the second row with Jermaine Hopgood returning to lock. Bright Cartwright, um, Brendan Hands, Matt Dury, Makassi Makatoa all on the bench with Jake Arthur, Jack Murchie, Ofiki Ogden and Dejon Arcee, Isaac Lumi-Lumi on the extended bench. So, very a couple of changes in there, but um, what do you think? I, I prefer that starting second row with Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, Jermaine Hopgood at lock um, to start us off. I think we need to start strong. Yeah, look, and I'm not shitting on Bryce Cartwright. You know, he's had a great um, start to the season and there's a lot of fans uh, amongst uh, the Parramatta fans that like him and, you know, he's a, he's a solid pickup, but I just feel as though um, if he's not switched on, like he pushes the offload and that, and that just invites pressure and I uh, we need safe options to start the match because right now um, I don't have faith in the team to get through their set. So the less time, the less like the less time, sort of unsafe plays with the ball handling, you know, get get their hands on the ball, um, the more the more better for the team. Like I just feel as though I, I'm I'm all aboard, you know, uh, Matto, you know, in, in the in the back row, like and Hopgood starting. Like I I really want to see the more we see them two playing together, the better our team's going to be. And especially with um, Reg out, you know, I, you know, I said it earlier, we're going to have to rely on them, them two especially a lot to, um, you know, carry us essentially. So, um, I'm a bit surprised that um, Hodgson's starting. You know, I just feel as though, and I, and I can imagine Brad Uffa, you know, as I said, there's been a talk in the media this week. Um, Hodgson didn't have his best game, and there's, you know, there's pressure from hands, and I can imagine Brad Uffa doesn't want to like, you know, pretty much add fuel to the fire, so he's going to stick solid. You know, that's one thing about Brad Uffa. He's very law to the team and, and and to players so he's probably giving him another chance um other than that um yeah look there's nothing we can do really like in terms of the bench like like who can you drop like who can you actually bring up you know like we can't bring up Kai Rodwell you know we can't bring up Ogden um you know Gerard Momosia don't think anyone wants to see him playing you know like what you're gonna bring up Luca Moretti who's you know unproven hasn't played first grade so we're pretty much stuck with you know, with 18 players each week, you know, the only thing I can think of someone that can come in is probably Dejan Arcee, but we've got hands on the bench, so, yeah, we've, like, you know, the 17 that we've got named, and even Jake Arthur, like, we've got 18 players that you expect to be named each week, and, yeah, until we start, until we do a mid-season signing, um, I don't expect much changes. Um, it's good to see Hayes back. Um, I feel as though he probably, I feel as though it was a smart option not to have him play against Brisbane, even though he put us under pressure, but, um, I just want to see him get more, um, you know, more game time under his belt. You know, essentially, I, I feel as though he he'll come good in the end. But um, yeah, it's just I think Brad Arthur's just you know at to the point where now he's he's frustrated in terms not in terms of players, but in terms of he can't pick the same starting team. Now, when you look at the Knights team, like um, I'm I'm actually worried about Dom Young and Greg Marju. You know, you look at the Tigers' wingers, what they did to us a couple of weeks ago, and they're they're not they're not as good as these wingers. They're, they're pretty much you know. Um, a, you know, pub version or cheap version of them. Like Dom Young's, a, you know, he's tall, he's fast, he's strong. You know, Marju, he's going to get you. He's going to give you ten broken tackles. So, you know, we missed forty-one tackles, I believe it was last week. So, like, it's going to be, it's going to be an effort just to contain him. And then on top of that, you got you know Ponga, like you know he, he's getting paid like close to one point four million a year. You know, there's, there's going to be a game where he's going to break it open and pretty much win the game, win win the game off off his back. And you know, I can see it happening against us. But um. 
Yeah, look, uh, I have confidence in our forward pack containing them, but um, it's just going to be the outside backs. Can we outscore their outside, you know, backs? Even though Newcastle they've been up and down, they can, they can score, you know, a fair amount of points. You know, they drew with um, Manly a few weeks ago. I think it was like thirty all. So they've got some points in them. So it's it's going to be like it might be a shootout. You know, it might be forty two, thirty six. You know, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of worried about the wingers. Yeah, I think that's definitely. Um well spotted there, Bertie. Um, but having a look coming into this uh, game, we're both three wins from eight. Um, Newcastle seem to be going the better, but I guess uh, it's not really borne out at the end of the day. Um, we've scored 179 to their 167. We've conceded 176 to their 172. Completion rates almost the same at 75 and 76% respectively, but their tackle efficiency is way up on ours, 90 to 86%. Um, so I guess looking at this, the last two meetings, we have prevailed 39 to last year in April, so around about this date. And then September 2021, in that finals game, we prevailed 28-20. to 20, But it's a very different Newcastle team than it was uh, in April last year. Uh, they seem to have a bit more stock about them, a bit more staying power. So um, it's certainly a, a game that we need to be up to, but it's a very winnable game if we are up for it. Yeah, they're a team, um, they're, they're not going to beat themselves. So they're going to make it hard and difficult for us. So um, you know, if we're going to go into this game thinking, oh, we're going to run over them, and they're going to they're going to literally give give us ball, and they're going to you know drop their heads after a few, they're not. They're going to look. I can see this game going to the last minute, which I don't want it. But um, it's just it, as I said, I don't know what's what's clicked from them. You know, last year, like we're talking about, um, they were pretty much bottom four, you know, bottom three team, and. Adam O'Brien was going to get sacked before even Anthony Griffin, and it, all of a sudden they're playing for him. So you know, it's just yeah, I can see they, they've got they've got quality all across the park. Maybe not in their props. They've only got Safidi. That's it. Like Leo Thompson, sort of like better unknown. A dummy half, Phoenix Crossland. He's like a mix between a half and you know a dummy half, but they've got a decent team. You know, and you, they've they've got a grub in their team. Tyson Gamble. So you know for sure, as soon as he comes on, he's going to get under our skin. And yeah, it's just going to be um. Uh, bit, bit just worrisome with the team. All right, and from Ham, he has his talking point of straight, direct, complete the set, um, which really needs the banter of the team going forward. If we're completing up at 80%, you know, we should be able to get over the line here. But if we're doing the same as we did last week, completing in the 60s, you know, Newcastle will walk all over us. Um, but let's get to predictions. Ham, he has Matto, first try scorer. Uh, with Parrot winning 32-20. And sorry, uh, in the SG ball, his prediction was a 19-12 win with Vibella, the first try scorer. Bertie, what's your prediction for first grade? Um, so, look, I said I said I can see this game being a close one. I feel as though we're due for a big win. I feel as though we might win uh, 46-9-6. Uh, um, look, I, we got much better plays than them. I feel as though... Um, we should take care of business, and um, I'm going to go with uh, Hayes Dunster, first try scorer. And I can see, um, I, look, I can see a Hodgson bounce back. Maybe the maybe the Darwin conditions is not not um, not the best thing for a, a lad from England. You know, I think that's out of his element. So I can see, um, you know, I can see him having a, having a bounce back game. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm tipping us in a big win. All right, I am not as confident and tipping a close win. Eels 26 to the Knights 22 and put me down for Love Muscle. First try scorer, he needs to get back on the board. 
Um, Alright, well, with that, Betty, uh, it's been a short one, quick one, short and sweet. Get it out of the way, done. And uh, hopefully the Eels can do something similar on Friday. Until then, we'll catch you on the next Parrot Podcast. Yeah, have a good one, lads. We raise our voices to the sky, so we fight.